Francisco. Uh, we are going to start right off the top. I have my first guest uh, in the studio with me. This is your host, Tweeka Turner, and I'm so honored to have back, it's been some time uh, here, uh, the iconic uh, queen herself, Ms. Pearl DeMar. Oh my gosh, iconic. Hi, Tweeka. <laughs> I know it's a new adjective I've thrown in there. I feel like it fits, though. Iconic. You've done so much. Um, it's, I think that it's weird for me to have um, kind of climbed into a spot where maybe to some people that is an appropriate term. Um, and I think that what it means, I'm glad you didn't use the word legendary. Um, I, that, yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. Like, um, I, I guess that you know, when I think about people who were on the scene for as long as I've been on the scene, when I came around, I guess that I would have thought that they were iconic, you know? So it's hard to hear that as applied to myself, but I think that there's something to be said with being consistent and staying on the scene and staying present for, God, it's been almost 15 years. So yeah, I guess so, maybe, I, maybe. I think I can say with confidence that you're uh, an inspiration to the up and coming younger generation of Queens. Oh, I hope so. Uh, like I would hope so. I. I was in a really lucky position, I think, when I first, not very far into my career here in San Francisco, when I got hired on to work the weekly club that was geared towards 18 to 21 year olds. So, so many of the queens who have been around now for like a, quite a long time, I was one of the first drag performers they actually saw in real life as they were coming out and going into nightclubs. So, I think that for a lot of those younger people, to me, they're younger now, they've been, they're considered like, the experienced people in the, in the scene, yeah, seasoned girls in the community. <laughs> Maybe like that was an early inspiration, and then of course, you know, I had my show for all those years at the cafe, and that's right, yeah, seven that... seven full years at the cafe, and so that was, mm -hmm. and so many of the girls who now host their own shows or who are really well known and established names in the city actually got their start on that stage. So I believe that. I mean, mm -hmm. it was very. I, I just I miss that space. I miss the the opportunity to be part of the younger people as they're coming up. But mm -hmm. um, it's folks, been we're long, talking about Glamazone. <laughs> yes, I, I had a show called the Glamazone. It was at the cafe yes. in San Francisco's Castro District for seven years, Sunday night staple, and uh, we had new talent showcases and people who like Adriana Roy, who now hosts one of the most popular drag shows in the Castro at Bow, came off that stage, and Amora Tease came off of that stage. Oh, and um, she's doing. Uh Things. Music too, yeah, music yeah. Too, like, like Adriana you. and Amora are both with um, BB Sweetbriar, and they're doing their thing musically as well, and doing quite A well for them. A to so B, A to B, and uh, if you haven't heard it, go check out their debut single together as a trio called "Read My Mind." It's a classic remake, Gordon Lightfoot remake. So. Yes, and also the stars on Stars on Fifty Four. Those, yeah, those late le legends. Uh, I, well, no, I, we don't want to call I, anybody a legend tonight. I, no, but, but I do think that like they're <laughs> legends of dance music for sure. Some of them, I, that, I mean, that well, was, uh, yeah, it was Alternate, Amber, yeah. and oh, that's right, and uh, Jocelyn Enriquez. Oh, you know it better the, than the, I do. The trio, yeah. yeah. I love, I love that song. I've always loved that song, and and that came from the era of dance music that I think the nineties, it was so much fun for me. And that was when I was coming out. So those were my nineties ah, coming out days, you know, touched a nerve there. Yeah. Uh, and I will say a, a to B did justice to that, that uh, class. Yeah, they did mm -hmm. great. I actually contacted them. Um, well, so Amora tease from a to B is basically, I consider her my drag daughter. 
And in many ways, I feel like that about um, Adriana, too, because they both came from my stage, you know, and I was very much a maternal drag figure for them. And I contacted Amora, who I'm going to be working with this Sunday, and I was like, hey, have you guys considered doing a remake of We Are Family? Like, I think that that would be... Oh, I like that I think that would be an even better idea for them. So there you have it. We Are the World of the Drag Community. Well, I mean, (laughs) you know, like, that song is so iconic to the LGBTQ community anyway because of the idea of like kind of yes of course it's the girls talking about their actual family but for us it became about choosing your family and deciding who your family was absolutely i drop that song all the time on the show and then what but i mean it means different things for different people i think it was part of a football yeah well i mean (laughs) yeah but i what made me think about it as i was listening to the very early 2000s uh thunderpuss album in my car the other day and the the opening track on that is We Are Family. And I was in the, what they did with that song is in, so incredible. Awesome. So, so, so incredible. So well, I would love to hear Adriana and yeah. um, Bibi and Amora work it out. Work it out, ladies. Uh, for you, was it a natural, um, you know, um, shift into the genre of music from doing drag live on stage? Because you never really... Sang, did you? Oh my god, I still don't sing. If you listen to the, <laughs> go go download the single, and I don't sing on it at all. Um, you, it, you project. <laughs> yeah, I like I. So I have been obsessed with a few things since an early childhood. One of them was music, and the other is pro wrestling. And so it's weird to me that at this point in my life that I get to dabble in both of them. Um, and both are worlds that I never thought that I'd be invited into because I don't have a voice. I don't have a singing voice. And I've always surrounded myself with people who make music. And that goes back to as far as literally as a child, I would beg my mom to go to these different um, churches that were in my neighborhood just because I loved being around the choruses and the choirs so much. I just loved being there as the music was uh, being performed live. And then I would sing along to like my little heart's content, but I did not have a real vocal talent. So later on, I surrounded myself with people who did theater, who had great voices. And I would often, I have a very good ear for music, but not a very good voice for it. So the transition into music, when I had kind of adopted the drag persona, one of the things that should be glaringly obvious to anybody who follows drag is that most of the drag queens who make music do not have great voices. So it's about selling a concept and an idea that works well with your meshes with the personality that you're projecting. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that that was the other part of it, of course, is that I had sudden access to really talented and incredible DJs. As a young kid, I would like, when I came out, I would spend so much time in the DJ booth. I God bless those DJs in the Midwest and all the cities I lived in because I'm sure that I was like, and, 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 and have you heard this new song? And have you, you know, and oh, as they're working. Oh yes, as they're working. <laughs> and so that was, and, you know, as a drag persona, there are th- three staples in the LGBTQ nightclub scene: gay porn stars, DJs, and drag queens. And so I know lots of people who have sex on video, and I know lots of se- people who spin records, and I know lots of people who uh, dress in drag. And so I've been really fortunate to cultivate this great friendship with people who make music, and it's now suddenly benefiting me. In that yeah, way. and folks, the uh, the song we're talking about, the EP rather, is called uh, "I'd Rule the World," and it's a collaboration with uh, you and Russ Russ 
Rich. Yeah, DJ Russ Rich, Carly Ozard, and I collaborated on this song. And I'm really actually quite... So the background of this story for listeners, if you are like, this seem, this doesn't seem really, really new uh, to me. Like if you followed my career, it's not new. It came out, I put it out marginally in 2016. And it just never got the promotion that I felt that it deserved. And it's, I felt it was a really good track from the beginning. It's super catchy. Again, I'm not a, a fantastic vocalist, but Carly Ozard fills that role extremely well. She's wildly talented. And then DJ Russ Rich and Leo Frappier and I all got together and we produced the track. So it was something that I really wanted to give proper spotlight to. And as time passed, other projects would pop up and take my attention. And finally, a woman named Barbara Sobel uh, with Sobel Promotions out of New York has been pursuing me, we will say. She's been pursuing me for a number of years. I, I'm i sure that uh, you might remember when I did the song White Lady Problems with Matt Oh Consola my God, I do remember that LFB. song. And so we put out that song um, probably like <laughs> five, four or five years ago. And it was ridiculous. They called me in to do vocals on it. And it did very well. Barbara pr promoted it with Sobel Promotions, and it did very, very well. But I never paid any attention to it because it wasn't specific. It was my track, but it wasn't my track. It was, you know, Matt's track and Leo's track. And so she's been on me since then. Like, I really want to sign you. Like, I, I really like, you know. And I was like, but I'm just a drag queen who doesn't sing. And she's like, God bless Barbara. Because Barbara said to me, you have something that I want to promote. And that is, I love your personality. I love the way you present yourself on social media. And you're smart about your music. You're, you're smart about the choices you make in music. You have a good ear for this. And so with that, I was like, okay, Barbara, I'll get off my back. What if I send you these remixes of this song? You tell me what you think. I sent her remixes. We had a remix already done by um, DJ Phil B., and we had a, a remix already done by Miss Tweeka Turner, um, which is why explanation why I'm here tonight. And oh, thank uh, you. And um, cross promoting we, here. <laughs> and so we we had some great remixes already done, and I sent it to her, and then she was like, "A, I love this song, and B, I've already sent it off." So she actually signed me to her. She's now my manager, mm -hmm. and I'm signed to her promotions company. Um, we're working on this single, and I've already got a new single in the works, but. You yeah. know, that's just how it has to happen. But this song is taking off, and I yeah. never would have expected and it. And we want to talk more about uh, your future in Denver's yeah. with Barbara. But what I'd like to do right now is, uh, you know, um, quench the thirst of our oh my gosh, listeners yes. and actually play one of the tracks. I'm, you know, folks, you can go right now to any digital platform store and download uh, I'd Rule the World. Um, I'm on iTunes, and we're going to just go with the, the main track. Okay. Uh, and here go we go. Go with the Twinkie Turner track, girl. Oh, we'll get to that okay. later. But when we come back, we're going to actually, I have a surprise for you. We're going to touch base with Russ oh, himself. Love we'll, be, it. we'll call out and have okay, a little fun perfect. with him. But folks, right now, here we are with uh, Idward the World, Poyo Damar, Russ, Russ, God, I can't even pronounce it, Rich, and Leo Frappier. Yep. Here goes. Buffering. Get it. And don't forget Carly Ozard on this because oh, yes, she's featuring like, Carly I mean, Ozard. like Carly is the Carly is the star of this track. Slow buffering today. Oh my gosh, is it still buffering? Yes, yeah, I guess so. So while it's buffering until I hear the first beat. Oh, here it comes, I'd rule the world if I had a pussy. 
the world. Oh my god, you get a, a very generous uh That was preview. long, girl. Yeah. Uh that was if, if you when you hear those soaring, big, soulful vocals, that's Carly Ozard. She is the star of the show, sweetheart. I can't believe that it doesn't have an explicit rating on here. I'm surprised <laughs> too, because it's like I mean <laughs> the, there's the only explicit word in the whole song really is pussy but um <laughs> i mean yeah i mean it's pretty explicit i guess like um it can be shocking if you're i mean it, it is shocking and it's but it's 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 hysterical let's get rush russ in on this conversation can you hear us hey ladies oh. hi russ <laughs> hi how are you welcome welcome we're glad to have you, Thank you. um I, I wanted to ask you how did you guys uh come to collaborate on on this and who wrote the song well um <laughs> who was Oyo, inspired I, I to write actually, this i was actually trying to think of um how we first met i mean i know we met at the lookout and we were often hanging out at the recovery parties and i think you approached me there and of said, course i, I did idea for a song <laughs> and would you be interested and when you started telling me about it and the hook i was just like oh my god this is fantastic <laughs> So yeah, we Russ and I met. Um, I host on three day weekends on the Mondays of three day weekends here in San Francisco for over a decade now. I can't. Can you believe it, Russ? Over a decade. No. Oh my God. Um, I've hosted these parties at the Lookout, super popular location in the Castro, and Russ is often one of the resident DJs there. And as I mentioned, even before we got him on the phone, like, honey, I love to hang out in a DJ booth. I love my DJs. <laughs> so. Um, of course, he's super talented and adorable, and I was like, "Let's collaborate on a song." So, and I was—I aff- remember Russ. I was like, "Okay," and you were like, "Yeah, let's do it." And then I told you, I was like, "Okay, so this is the story, though. This is what I want the hook to be, and I'm afraid you're gonna like slam the door in my face." And he, when I told him, he just started laughing. He's like, "I love it." What, what did you love shocked. about it, Russ? <laughs> well, I thought it was um, completely shocking and like crazy. And then when Poyo started doing the lyrics, I was like, it, it's so catchy. So it just has all of the elements that I thought would make for a great track. And, you know, Poyo and I think have a similar musical sensibility. Absolutely. And the more we were talking about like music that we loved and like particular eras, we went back to like that Thunderpuss era and when you would go to like Club Universe and hear the most amazing music um, and it had these uh, really strong vocal hooks, but it had like a, an edge to it. And sometimes it was dark, but it was always melodic. Mm. And 
we just totally connected around the idea for the track having kind of, you know, it could be played at after hours. If it came on at four in the morning, you'd be like, oh my God, this is so crazy and twisted. Um, and the lyrics just kind of matched with that. And so from there, it was just kind of off and running. And then of course, Carly, when Poyo brought Carly in and I heard her voice, I was just like, she is just astounding. And it's kind of criminal that she's not a huge star already because she just has such a powerhouse vocal um, yeah. as a vocalist. Now, she's based um, in New York, Leo. I think. You know, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and Leo, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, sorry. Well, so the the interesting thing, yes, Carly is based in New York. Um, Carly Ozard, based out of New York, but she lived here before she moved there. Oh, right. oh, oh so that's, cool. that's where Carly and I met. Carly and I met when um, Carly was like this aspiring theater queen, mm -hmm. Broadway, you know, aspirations, and I would be like, "Well, you're super talented," but that's not what you should be doing, Carly. You should be singing house music. You know that, right? And she thought I was crazy for years. But um, a fun story about this. Russ, do you remember we were sitting and we were talking about the track and you were like, what if we had it like at the, the drop where it's like, I'd rule the <laughs> yeah. world. And I was like, oh my yeah. God, that's exactly what I was thinking. It was, we were so on, like without discussing it, we were just so on the same wavelength with what we wanted to produce. It just, I think that that's why the song became magic for me. That's what you want yeah. in a production. Totally. And yep. uh uh, the three of you really worked the ingredients when made your magic here. Um, I'd love to play just an, another mix. There's so many. Um, there's how many mixes altogether, Russ? Okay. I think ten. Yeah, ten, ten altogether. <laughs> ten exciting flavors for you all out there, and they're all so different, which is what I love. Um, yeah. So, uh, all, and all of these tracks are res resonating. I just looked today for some time now, a good week on uh, one of the major record pools uh, yep. in, in the world, Mass Record Pool out of Massachusetts. All uh, five in the top five right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And one of the mixes is in at number twenty nine in their overall top fifty, which I would have never imagined. That's my mix. Is it? <laughs> Yours is number thirty in the. Yeah, oh it, it cracked the top thirty today. Yes. Like, the... um, well, let's play mine because I, yeah, I love backstory about this. Uh, here we go. A tweak Turner remix. I'm gonna scoot it over to the verse because uh, it plays the whole thing. Oh my god, yeah, come on, Tweaker, buying your own record. Yes, a woman's got the power. Um, now, you know, two, two hooks in that song, uh, if I had a pussy, I'd woo the world, is uh, something that's going to stick with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, the backstory I have is I, I, I'm like, oh, I want to hear you guys mastered this for me. I want to hear it uh, uh, at my DJ gig on the mm-hmm. uh, on the dinner dance cruise. So I'm just playing it before the guests come on and the waitstaff's setting up and everything. And it's going just fine. And then when the I, if I had a pussy, I'd move the world comes in. Suddenly you hear the spontaneous laughter coming out of like one of the waiters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I knew I couldn't play during main time. I would have gotten fired probably. But that that's a good indication how strong of a hook you guys have come up with. Well, I also just want to say that I really love the Tweaker Turner remix. I the one thing Thank that you. yeah, one of the things Russ like some of this stuff. I was sending it to Russ. We when I sent this off to Barbara and she started getting us remixers like Jack Chang and Larry Peace and E Thirty Nine, like some stuff. awesome great people doing some great remixes. I would send them off to to Russ because I'm like I'm freaking excited. We like I had grown tired of what we had already had for the most part <laughs> because. Trust me, if you don't, if you produce music of any kind and you probably don't wear it out on a private level, you're probably not in love with your own work and that's a bad sign. But, but I had worn out those early remixes, but, um, I still really love the fact that you took this track in a completely different direction because we intended this for like, you know, late night after party house music, right, Russ? Like. Mm-hmm, totally yep. like more edm yeah like just well just late night like you you slowed the tempo down and you added like those i love the throwback feel of it the with scratch. the scratching records <laughs> and stuff like that yeah i love the fact yeah. w- one of the things that i've always appreciated about djs like russ and others who produce music is that you can take one and i've explained this to carly many times and she's just now getting it that you can take one track and you can record it however you want to record it but then the djs can take it and turn it into what they want it for their audiences and so in many ways yes this is an ep but to me these are like at least six versions of different songs you know because each one has such a different vibe well russ uh, tell us about that isn't that kind of what you want as a producer yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that I, I think it, as long as you start with a really strong track, um, it's open to interpretation, and I think that's what you see on this EP in particular because, like your track, that is so funky, and Larry Peace is just a master at what he does as well, and his is funky but it has a different flavor to it, and the is it E39? That one like blew me away too. I was like, it's completely like it. It sounds like a completely different record. Um, and so I think as long as you're starting with something really strong, whether it's a strong melody or a strong hook, it can be reinterpreted in so many different ways. And I think, you know, Barbara got so many talented people on the project that it just really um, showcases everybody's unique sound. Yeah, the, the, the remix that sounds, I think, the most like where Russ and I imagine this track playing is definitely Jack Chang. Like Jack gave me that. I mean, I love Jack. It. it, I love Jack too. Like so nice, so talented, so sexy. But you, like when you when I put that track on for the first time, I was like, it took me back to I'm in the middle of a dance floor, like the the boys are dancing. This and that was really where that this track was intended. So, but everybody else, the first time I listened to Larry uh, Larry Pieces Double D dub mix i started literally laughing out loud i was driving the car because he focused in and zoomed in on the double d titties part and he's like you know 
it just he turned that into the hook and i was dying laughing it oh was, that's hysterical it's, it's so great and um and the a fun little backstory with the e39 mix like e39 uh peter tanico is one of barbara's go-to remixers and he turned in the track and with everybody else the um i you get as an artist you get to okay the remixes before they're uh, you know you approve them before they go into the the package that's going to go out for promotion and with everybody else i was like um i i don't first of all i want to preface by saying it wasn't that i did not love what peter did but um everybody else i just okayed it right away i liked i it sounded like perfect in their in their voice but with peter's i would listen to it and i was so obsessed with one thing that he did like he makes that dunt dunt sound like that i'm trying to remember what he called it a drop bass it's a drop bass oh yeah boom the, and um he does t- he does it and it reminded me so much of tainted love um f- from the 80s and i said to him peter like i don't want you to take this as critical because it's not it's actually that i'm so obsessed with the addition of that i have one or two requests one is that we pull that entirely from your mix and we use the mix without that and save that particular like note because i would like to write an entire song around it or we add it entirely throughout this because i want that to be the defining factor of this remix and um he ended up adding it all the way through and i i love it so much absolutely too it's it's such a great uh, it's just it's it's one of the standouts for sure i absolutely love it and that's the one that's uh, in the record pool is like in the top four like absolutely yeah i think uh it's larry he he um E39 and then yeah. all, all of us are after that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's yeah. a bit, I... So there's something for everyone, DJs, listening. Oh my God, I, well, <laughs> the funny part is that I get to say that we're sitting here resting, we're like, oh, that's the one that's at number four, and then there's a different one at number five, and a different one at number six, and seven, Yeah, you know, it's like, I would have... You've got a blockade. I would have literally gagged if any one of these tracks went into the top ten on a major record pool let alone having four of them in the top 10 and like six out of 10 in the top 20. Or but not only there, yeah. it's like locked in. It's been for like a solid week, which on the record pool is great. I mean, that's a long longevity. I'm I'm so mad though. Like I just looked today and there's um, a brand new song that just pushed up. So I'm back at, we're back at number five, Russ, but there's a new song who's number thought. four. I was like, how was dare you? But it was, um, it's a major, who I'm trying to remember the artist. It was somebody like when I was like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't mind being behind her. She's amazing. I love that you're into the charts like I am. Oh, my God. I'm very – as a child, Tweeka, I would sit and listen to the Casey Kasem Top 40 oh. and write them down. So oh, I could ch- my fucking God, Poyle. I did the same thing. And yeah. I would draw pretty pictures at the top as like a banner or something. I would like – I would write them down. And, um, and then – as I grew into college age, when I went to college, we had access to Billboard magazine, and I would l- literally be waiting for it to arrive in the mail so I could read all the charts. Oh, God, we're like two queens in a pod on that respect. Yeah, a friend- I, I will say this uh, now that uh, you see, uh, Russ, how passionate she is. You guys have to do uh, another collaboration. What's in the works? Oh, I think we must. <laughs> anything oh, anything so uh, cooking? We have so much fun in the studio, too. Mm-hmm. We had so much fun in the studio with Leo. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, he's such such a so talented and so much fun to work with, and has the best energy. And so, anytime. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it's very weird to because I 
the the part to me is like that um being performing live vocals in front of people is so uncomfortable to me like I've probably I, this is not the first song I've recorded this is like probably like song number six that I've recorded this is the one that's like resonating resonating the most but with each of those situations every time I am in a records a recording studio with people it's so uncomfortable to me I like it feels like I shut down like I would much rather be in the studio with those two having somebody else sing so that I can just contribute to like the sound of the track um, than actually doing the vocals. But I, I have so many things in the works with this one, like underway. And by the way, it was, it's Heather Smalls who jumped okay. up in there. I'm, I'm like, looking, Oh, DM you Heather right Smalls now. and dirty disco. Well, that's okay. They're, all, they're talking about real family, dirty disco. And I think that's a Matt Consola collaboration. Yeah, it yeah. is. And it's yeah. a remix yeah. of moving on up. Isn't it? Yes. It that's is. exciting. So yeah. congratulations guys over there in Houston. And I think Matt's now Portland. in Seattle, Portland, Portland. Portland. Portland yep. Yeah. Wow. So, that's one big family. Yeah. So I would, um, I would definitely love to work with rich and, uh, with Russ and um, Leo and I mean I Carly is now like you know doing her own thing too and I I think that at some point in time I would love to revisit like the whole team you know for, for mm -hmm. something yep well when you've got a yep. hot thing going follow it up yeah I mean <laughs> I mean we could be like the next bimbo Jones there like you go. let let her <laughs> yes do what she does and and then we could do the behind the scenes things because I one of the things with Carly is that she, when we bring her on, you'll you'll find out more. Like, she's been kind of through the ringer because she's so talented, and everywhere she has gone, I think whether it's been the musical theater or cabaret or even in her experiences with house music, people have been like, "Oh no, I don't want you to do what you do. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. Try this. You you need to be this." And um, and I. I we didn't approach her that way like the story of how Carly laid down these vocals is she asked me what I wanted her to sing and I sent her words just words and and she was like well I what is this supposed to sound like and I was like you're going to decide that you go in I was like so I want you to creative license I said out. I want you to do I want you to give me diva vocals I gave her surely gave her examples but I was like I trust your talent so you go in to the recording studio and you sing this as many different ways as you can. Yeah. And and then Matt, Lee, uh, sorry, Leo, Russ, and I sat in the studio and listened to like 20 minutes of her saying like four or five different lines and chose which ones that we loved the most. And it was a tough task. Remember, Russ? It was like... Mm -hmm. I do, yep. So, Russ, you have all these outtakes from <laughs> from Carly that's unused. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm sure I do. Oh, there's, there's our next single. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. You can, uh, you know, whip something up. Um, and we're going to be actually calling New York and uh, speaking with her. I'm so excited. I've never interviewed her before. Yeah, she's a doll. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, Russ, uh, where can folks go to follow your brand and, and, and all of your productions and things like that? Um, best place is Facebook. Um, just look me up on Facebook, Russ Rich, or um, SoundCloud. Is, uh, I actually got that going again. They were pretty ruthless to DJs for a while, but my mm. SoundCloud page is actually back up and doing pretty, pretty well. So either of those two, um, you can find me. What, was they, what were they doing to you on SoundCloud? Oh, with... Um, all the DJ mixes, like if you posted a podcast, they would pull it down for uh, copyright infringement. Mm. And so everybody's podcasts were getting pulled down. 
And even if it was something, a track that you produced and actually owned the rights to, it would get flagged as copyright infringement, and they were just yanking everything down. And so a lot of DJs fled SoundCloud for a while, but they've eased up, and um, they are one of the better platforms just for getting your music out there. Um, so they've actually become more DJ-friendly lately, which is great. Oh, good. It's so crazy yeah. that they would do that because... In le- I mean, even if you're a major, major, major artist, right? everybody knows that the way you get your remixes heard is through DJ podcasts and things. Right, and nobody was selling them. That was the thing. You yeah. Know? People were just posting them for streaming. So it's not like we were giving the music away, but they just went, they got really ruthless. I think they were acquired by a major label, and that's where the trouble started. <laughs> It's, well, hopefully it'll yours will stay up. Uh, just go yeah. go to SoundCloud. We're gonna I'm gonna check it out too, Russ Rich. Awesome, uh, thank you. And are you DJing in the city anytime soon? Um, a week from Friday at the Eagle, and Ooh, a week sexy. from Sunday at the Lookout from six to nine. Folks, if you need some, go ahead. Well. Is, wait, <laughs> what day was that at the Lookout, hun? Um, so a week from this Sunday. Oh, okay, cool, cool. The, yeah. the, is that yeah. the sun? That's the, a Sunday before Thanksgiving. Yes, holidays. Twenty fourth. Yes, so I'm there on the twenty fourth. Awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna swing by and see you. Everyone you listening should, should go. You can do a little yeah. lip sync action from the booth. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's your first live performance, <laughs> Poyle. Oh my God! I yeah. I, I <laughs> He'll think take that care I, of you. I think that I would totally lip sync my own music if I had to, <laughs> and I would lip sync the Carly portion so they would think I was really talented. Yes, yes, <laughs> work it. I'm sure she'll appreciate that. We're going to be getting her on the phone in just a couple of minutes. Why don't we uh, we play one more? I want to hear a couple more of these remixes. Yeah. Let's do the Larry Peace one. Can't wait to hear that. Um, Russ, oh my God, it's so great catching up with you again. Yeah, so Come good on to back. Talk with you too. Yeah. All right. All right, right, tell your sexy man I said hi. Oh, that's right, yeah. Hello. (laughs) So rude. His his boyfriend is like super hot. How dare you? Go away. (laughs) Love you, Russ. Take care now. (laughs) All right, thank you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that was so cute. Yeah, his boyfriend's hot. They're they're a super adorable couple. They're a super adorable couple. Mm -hmm. God bless them. All right. Well, uh, before we get you, uh, before the show ends, we'll talk about your love life. Well, God, right there's now- <laughs> nothing to talk about. We li- literally, that was it. Russ's boyfriend's so cute. That's the end of my love life. All right. Well, here is I'd Rule the World, the Larry Peace remix. Can't wait to hear that, folks. And then when we come back, we'll be speaking to New York with Carly. How exciting. All right. Here we go.
yes that's the larry peace remix uh folks yeah i see what you're saying now do you is that the size of your boobs when you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i'm in dragons i definitely i have to have double d's uh well, where guess who we have on the line live from New York? That's a segue. Uh, the one and only uh, Carly Ozar. I, can you hear us, honey? Yes, I can hear you just fine. Hi. Hi. Welcome to House of Pride. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm good. This is Tweak Turner right here, but right next to me is your uh, Hi, crime, Poyo Demar. Hey. Tweeka, I love your remix of the song. Thank you. I, I love. I was inspired by Poyo and your your vocals as well. You you really uh, gave me creative ideas. Thank you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you surprised with the outtakes that they chose for the final mix, or were you, you know, happy and tell tell me Are about you? tell tell me about what you put into the mix. Me or Poyo, sorry. You, you, honey. It's all about you right oh, now. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay. All right. So I was belting at the top of my range in that in that song. And so sort of as a joke at the end, when we had a million takes of the same different, um, the, sa- the same, you know, lines <laughs> over and over again. I know I made this going. sort of jo- I know you know where I'm going. Um, I made this sort of half-joking, like, sigh i was and it was like this ah like because i was so i had sung yes i would like for three hours just those three words for like three hours in the studio and and so it was this whole thing and when the song came out that noise was in there and i was mortified and i was just like oh my god why did they keep that i was teasing and it turned out to be in like almost all the remixes too so that that sound lives on yeah (laughs) yeah we were like she just came oh my god i love it what happened (laughs) more like oh i've been singing the same three words forever so you were moving raw emotions but I did tell Tweeka and, um, you know, Russ was on a few minutes ago and I was telling the story of how, you know, you were like, you just want me to sing these few words? Like, what what do you want it to sound like? And I just gave you kind of um, examples of other vocalists. And I was like, just go with it. I, I trust that you have this in you. I just trust you. To, you're going to kill it. And you just send us like the most beautiful collection of vocals to choose from. Thanks. I, I had a great time. I grew up, um, you know, in Belmont, California, and I would bring home CDs from Tower Records. Remember Tower Records? Oh, I remember. Oh, yeah. And I brought home Cher and Whitney and Annie Lennox and a bunch of, you know, divas. And they all had Junior Vasquez and um, Thunderpuss and some other, you know, notorious sort of DJs. And I remember going, I would love to know how to do this. I, 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 you know, I, I would love to know how to like make this part of my singing life, but I don't know how, you know, that was before the internet, you guys. Well, I mean, I, I bear, oh, I didn't tell you this, um, Carly, but Barry Harris from Thunderpuss listened to the track and sent me feedback about it. 
No, you did not tell me. No, I, yeah, he, he. Wow, what did he say? He sent me an email um, recently and said, "Great first effort. It's obvious that everybody involved. I'm trying to find it. Like basically, like the, everybody involved, flattering? like worked there. Yeah, it was it was totally flattering uh, to me. I mean, the fact that Barry, it's Barry Harris of Thunderpuss, you guys. I mean, he could have read me for filth, and I would have still found it flattering because this is a man who is literally a legend. So he said, um, just listen to them all. What a fun track. Sounds like everyone has worked very hard on it. Nice first effort. Good luck and keep on pushing and promoting. Big hugs, Barry. And then he and then he also said, P.S. Do, do, does Abel Acosta, does Abel Acosta uh, no, Alex Acosta, Abel, Aguilera, and Tom Stefan, and et cetera, and all the other circuit DJs have this? I think they would love it. So, That's a Russ thing. He has to send. Oh, yeah. Barbara now. Barbara's Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm. I've been like hitting a, a lot of. My, I mean, like I said, I've got a lot of friends in this industry, so I've been personally just nagging it, living shit out of them. Like, hey, would you play Poyo, this? Poyo's been on it. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I have a very different. I'm like this Venn diagram of entertainment. You know, I have, I have my, you know, musical theater stuff, and I have my like more pop contemporary stuff and then i'm also like sort of a composer myself and but poyo is just like she knows everyone in this industry and i'm so grateful because the guidance is just it's immeasurable so you know yeah it's a it's a bunch of top-notch pearls on this uh ep package you all are bringing your a-game yeah i mean it, it was i mean i was just flabbergasted and i think that for you know, for future remixes, I think that we're going to see even greater work with some of the people on this who are remixers. And I've already talked about uh, with some of these individuals about possibly doing, you know, collaborations that are just the two of us. Um, Carly's got some great music that's like simmering under right now and, and breaking out as well. So there's going to be a lot more work with these remixers. Uh, Barbara's got big things ahead and there's projects galore for all of us, I think. Very cool. Hey, Carly, are you one of Barbara's uh, talents? Yes, now I am, and it's all because of Poyo. I, it, it changed my life. Changed my life. Oh, good. I um, oh my gosh, I don't know if I should tell this because I'd like to keep it like low key. But um, do you mind if I tell like my negotiations with Barbara Sorda? Do whatever you want. So. So Barbara had been pursuing me for a really, really long time, as I mentioned, after the White Lady Problem song. And I had been like dragging my feet for various reasons. It had nothing to do with Barbara. It had nothing to do with music. It was just that my hands had been full. And so when I sent this over, um, you know, Barbara was like, oh, I love this. Um, can, you know, will you kind of like sign with the, with the label? So we, can we work together? And I really was like, I will do this. I really want to push this. But my more than anything I want really Carly to get the kind of attention that she's deserved and I will sign if you'll bring Carly on board with too and um mm -hmm. and it was just really important to me because it there's a do you like the listeners probably are familiar with the term survivor's guilt like I don't have survivor's guilt I have like no talent guilt I like I have I recognize that when you do drag you present a pack up a whole package that like maybe somebody would be interested in working with that's why the DJs they're not like a personality to, yeah they're not aching to work with me because I'm like this diva vocalist they're like they agree to work with me because we've developed a relationship based on the persona that I present publicly absolutely and then 
there's limited amount of talent in terms of vocals behind that. And then you have somebody like Carly who's brimming over with absurd amounts of talent and has not yet had somebody who recognizes her full capacity and been like, no, like I'm, we're going to work with you and we're going to let you be you. And we're going to make you the best version of that. And, and is this going to be in the genre of uh, dance and EDM or is it going to be also theatrical? What, what you guys so got it's, planned? Is dance and EDM. Um, actually. All right. So here's a crazy thing that I'm announcing. I haven't even announced this to my closest friends. Like I have friends listening right now. Um, like Adam Shapiro, I know you're listening and like, he doesn't even know this. Like, um, I'm actually writing a musical and it's been really crazy this whole experience because I never ever thought I would write a musical ever. And all of the writing that I've done with Sobel, I mean, it's been like a whopping, you know, two or three, but like just the creative juices began like sort of flowing and I have this really amazing story that I want to tell. And I really think that I can sort of, um, cross, you know, pollinate because the score of the show is going to lend itself to an EDM sort of feel. Mm -hmm. And, um, so while I'm working on electric dance music with Barbara, it's still like feeding the whole entire, you know, machine that I'm trying to create as a composer, lyricist and performer. So, but what um, the part I'm going to be cracking the whip on for her <laughs> is all dance and house, honey. Yes, oh. working two fronts. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> two, um, <laughs> two double D fronts. I need to be pulled on all fronts. You know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, so you'll have to be a guest um, more often on House Pride Radio because I want to stay abreast, no pun intended, to uh, all of your <laughs> endeavors, creatively speaking. Um, you do have quite a voice. I was impressed. I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Great to work with. She has Thank an you. incredible voice. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. Um it's it's big 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 machine and and uh, teachers have been, you know, they you know they get me and they they want to point me towards the big opera houses you know, so. Yeah, Car Carly's experience has been um, interesting because she has, you know, she's really shared with me some of the like the kind of like the struggles that she's had because, the un like the downside of having such an incredible tool vocally that she does mm -hmm. is that when people hear it, they want to mold it into what they want. I had the benefit of, I'm like, I don't have anything. So I get to be what I want. Stop and nobody, knocking yourself but, down. Well, some no, <laughs> vocally, I have nothing, but, but Carly and I've talked and I have like, I have a very distinct idea of what I want mm -hmm. and I have the a real ability to um, express that to people. Yeah. And so they can help me achieve that. And that is a talent in itself. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. Carly's communicating with a uh, vocal gift and you're communicating with your persona and your, yeah, but not only that, you have a um a killer sense of uh humor so you're like a comedian exactly i was gonna mm -hmm. say like even the most recent song that poyo released with spin sista and uh, who was the other is it, what, it one gypsa person? dj ranny and spin sista yeah like when you came on that track like everyone should listen to that like when they get off this interview go and listen to that. what's the song called it's called last night with gypsa spin sista and dj ranny right and just the presence 
of you on that track the second you come on. It's like, she is here. And, like, it's <laughs> funny. I laugh. I laugh every time. So, yeah, and- I mean, I, I guess that, like, for me – it is something that this is, let this be a lesson to listeners out there. Like we all struggle with like self-perception because for me, I pl- place so much value on other elements musically that w- because I don't possess those, like it, it sort of like is an undercurrent of uh, low confidence in my own abilities. You know, like when I, when I listen to the music that I've helped produce and write, I'm like, when, it, when I'm on, I'm like, and when it's everybody else, I'm like, this song is the jam, you know? Um, like, w- when we sent it off initially, this track sent it off to remixers, my literal instructions were, if you can de-emphasize me and emphasize Carly, that would be great. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, Good I'm luck. now very glad that that wasn't the case because this, even though Carly's got a really limited number of words that she's saying she carries so much of the song and it gives it balance that definitely gives it balance yeah there's a balance to it uh yes it does um on that note i want to play one more track uh and uh carly we're gonna let you go there in new york how's the weather isn't it like freezing freezing it is can we swear on here yes (laughs) it is ass, it is ass bitingly cold ass bitingly cold uh, i m- my friend marga gomez is out there and she <laughs> said that this is the coldest day in new york since she's been there she's like i passed people on the street literally wearing duvets i was dying duvet. that is funny i was i would not be surprised <laughs> i was like not a duvet bitch like come on now with the down i, worked, I sang today in the trains and i was like i don't want to go outside to get on the bus but yeah Oh, so. girl! I want that's another uh, radio segment. I want to hear all about that. Uh, right now, we gotta we gotta call uh, Los Angeles boy and oh. talk to um, okay. Dan De Leon. Oh, Dan De Leon. Yes, uh, Carly. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's say this is the beginning of a relationship with House of Pride Radio. I want to hear more of your story and listen to more of your um, music. You have to listen to her. She's so talented. Cannot wait. Where thank can, you. Where can folks go right now though uh, to follow you? Uh, Instagram, it's just my name, Carly Ozard, C-A-R-L-Y-O-Z-A-R-D, and you can like my Facebook page, and then you can find me on Spotify and iTunes and CD Baby. Yes. And SoundCloud, you got Ozard Music, right? Is that- oh, yeah, Ozard Sounds on SoundCloud, yeah. Lots Ozard of platforms, sounds. folks, so go right out and discover uh, the one and only Carly Ozard. She's lovely. Go find out more about her. Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, my God, that was Fabulous. Well, let's listen to one more track and then get Dan. We help me with uh, Dan. Yeah, sure. I love Dan. Uh, well, let's do the uh, E39, which you've been talking about. The E39 is, you'll immediately it's hear the that, the sound that I'm talking about. It, Carly's jokingly said that we could replace it with the sound bite from Law and Order, the dun dun. But here we go. <laughs>
Yes, Poyo Del Mar. Uh, that is definitely a funky version. I love those synths. Thanks, uh, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Let's bring more talent into the room here. Uh, we have, I think it's San Diego, I want to say, is the one and only legendary DJ producer, Dan DeLeon. Are you with us? Hi, how are you? Doing good. How are you, honey? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little under the weather, as you can see. My voice is a little uncharacteristically raspy, but... Oh, I'm you good. do sound raspy. Oh, um, we won't keep you too long, but I'm super excited to have you on. It's been some time. And sitting next to me is Poyo Damar. Poyo. Hi, Dan. You're so sexy. And I want to congratulate you on your remixes of the number one dance song in the country, Madonna's Crave. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yes, that was, that's a super package. Um well, I know, but what about the music? Uh, exactly. That too. Uh, <laughs> um, Hopefully the raspiness doesn't take away. Oh no, honey, the raspiness adds to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, was this? would this be one of... He's hung like he's horse. How do you know that? I said like he's horse. Oh, oh my God, my dirty mind. Okay, Dan... <laughs> Madonna, uh, is this a, you know one of the highlights of your remixing career, or just a, oh, another yeah. Madonna oh, remix? For sure, you know I, I, I've been I've been sort of like I mean Madonna's always been kind of like an idol for me, and I mean by far you know like since I was twelve years old, you know I've been you know idolizing Madonna, 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 Madonna since I was a kid. So you know getting into the you know DJ business and then you know remixing and. I've been remixing now for 15 years, you know, and uh, producing records for 15 years. So it's it's really um, it's really something to to finally sort of reach this point. I mean, I've had like Billboard number one records before and stuff like that, but you know, it's like you always you're always looking forward to that moment where you remix that idol of yours. That you know, it's like, whether it's Madonna or you know some. I mean, you know, we all have a few of them, I'm sure. Um, but for it to be Madonna for that record. That I, you know, that, that that moment finally comes, and you get to remix, you know, one of your idols, and not only is it one of your idols, but it's the idol, you know, and it's the, you know, uh, you know, superstar singer performer, you know, um, cultural icon that you've, you know, adored for, you know, your whole life, you know, for thirty years, forty years. Um, it really does mean a lot, and um, for it to be this album, you know, when I sat down to. I, 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 we, my my uh, producing partner on this record and I, uh, Anthony Rago and I, we you know we we sat down to remix Medellin, and I, I felt like um, and that that remix was late, so it didn't get reviewed for pickup. Um, Crave we were able to complete early, thank God. So that got in and and she approved it. Um, but when we when we sat down to do the first one, I felt like it it was a good idea to just sit there and listen to the whole album, really go through the words, the lyrics of every song, and really understand what the spirit of the album was about. And I have to say, I was just blown away. I felt like she was talking to me. I felt like um, I understood intrinsically, you know, what these songs were about. Um, Medellin and Crave, um, specifically, mm -hmm. which were the, the first two that I've remixed. I just really love what they're saying. Um, and I feel like it's their important songs. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, Madonna is always speaking to us." You know, she's always speaking to the, you know, to the to the to the culture, and she's always speaking to the to her fans. And it really is, it really is true. Um, you know, and I, I don't think, you know, even though she's, you know, she may not be on the very, 
you know, edge of the cultural zeitgeist in the way that she was in the past, maybe with Vogue or, you know, in some other moments in her career where she truly changed, you know, um, culture with, with a track or with a song. Um, I do believe that she's still on point when it comes to speaking to us, speaking to her fans, and speaking to um, the use of, of, you know, the use of the world and, and to the people that are listening to her records. It really is um, very poignant, very important, and um, some very, really deep, good, deep stuff that uh, she's trying to say and get across. Absolutely. Dan, a lot of people said that in speaking directly and specifically about this album, which you said that you sat and listened to at length before doing the remixes, many people have said that they feel like in the past, Madonna has um, prepared tracks where when she releases it, it almost feels like it was already remixed versus this one where they have speculated that it was done a little bit stripped down where when she gives it out that remixers can interpret it in so many different ways. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, it really depends on who she's working with, you know, um, producer wise. Um, so, you know, if you take, um, you know, like Ray of Light, you know, and the stuff that she did with William Orbit or the stuff that she's done with my wife, you know, like music. Um, I think, you know, you, you see the imprint of the producer in the track. So sure, some things sound more dancey or they sound more, um, you know, of the moment. Um, and that, that may be true. And I think this record is a little bit more, it's a little bit more intimate. It's a little bit more um, of the heart. I think it, it's it's less reliant on it's less reliant on sort of like vibing with um, with the uh, sort of like the, the the dance sound of the moment and a bit more about like where she's at and sort of like what she's experiencing because it's really intense. Um, you know the the Madame X character. I mean, like once you start really getting into it, you're like, wow, this is like this is a, in, intricate stuff. I mean, the Madame X character is like a you know, a, a secret agent of love, you know, she's like an undercover lover and mm. she's, you know, she's there to, you know, figure out what's going on, you know, behind the scenes, you know, in, in, uh, you know, in her, in her, you know, in the bedroom, so to speak, you know, like, you know, between, you know, between the lovers. Um, it's very interesting. It's very interesting stuff. And it's, you know, when, when I heard it and when I listened to it, um, you know, the, the individual songs all have kind of different sensibilities. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that reflects sort of like Portugal and like where she's been living, you know, of late, um, you know, the, the sort of, you know, the, the organic, uh, percussion and stuff like that. So it just, you know, it's, it's a reflection of like where she's at in her life, um, in many different ways. And that's how it comes across to me. And I, and you know, at the, at the, at the heart of it all, you know, it's about, um, it's about love and it's about, you know, love that is um, maybe not something that you, you know, love that isn't what you thought it was, um, love that could be dangerous for you. Um, and then ultimately um, with, uh, with I Rise, sort of like the love of oneself in the healthiest sense um, and sort of rising up um, and, and lifting yourself up. I mean, it's very beautiful. So Agreed, so, um, agreed. And yeah. it, it's uh, the depth of her artistic um value like she's like she's grown in, in yeah she's in, grown in as a person one. for sure and it's resonated right. because i think is this the third or the fourth consecutive number one on the dance chart off of this 
Crave went number one. Yeah, I think this is the second Mm -hmm. or the third one. The third one. I think it's the third one. So that's, you know, that's saying a lot too. I love that first track with Maluma and then I Rise was was the second one. Right. Now now Crave. For uh, Anthony and yourself, um, did it take you a little longer than your usual remix? Because it was one of your major idols of all time. Were you feeling yeah, a little? You know, yeah. So with um, um, uh, with Medellin, yeah, it, it did take longer. Um, and then I skipped I Rise on purpose to just have more time with Crave, so that I could really, you know, get into it and um, and give it my all. So um, you know, and I and I really love I Rise uh, very much. But, Great song. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm but I'm I'm happy to have just been a part of this, and you know, hopefully there's. Um, some more singles we'll see it's kind of up in the air right now yeah. um, but uh, it really uh, it really is um, a a point of pride and just sort of like a just a personal you know it's just a, a, a beautiful moment for myself personally just to to be on the record with you know my my personal idol you know it's, it's just a beautiful thing and I really do at this point in my life I've been so reflective over the last few years about my own relationships and sort of like what has become of my own, you know, loves and, you know, how I see my own relationships and myself and the other and my partner in those relationships that I just feel so connected to these songs. Um, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I have a question for you because it's something that you are a reporter for DJ's Billboard, uh, a, sure. a reporting DJ for billboards dance charts and as we've seen that chart kind of evolve a little bit some people feel like people who are reporting to it are so young and not intimately involved necessarily in the dance community like djs who have reported to that chart in the past have been and i was wondering what your thoughts are on the evolving face of billboard as a whole and as the dance chart specifically well, okay. I mean, like, you know, in my opinion, the, um, the way that they approach, um, the way that they approach the dance club chart, um, is basically, it, it's a, it's a very sound way of approaching it, which is, you know, let's take, let's take a sample across the whole nation of as many different people who are touching, who are touching a lot of people on a, on the most regular of basis. So, you know, on a weekly basis, you know, these DJs across the entire country and every major metropolitan area are touching dance music fans on a weekly basis. And then let's try and figure out a way to sample this properly so that the chart reflects something close to what the sense of the dance floor is on a sort of nationwide, you know, um, on a nationwide basis, if you were to, you know, take that sample and like divide it by, you know, whatever. So it, it, it gives you the most accurate, um, the most accurate, you know, sampling possible. I don't think there's really any way of getting a 100% true um, vibe of the dance floor, just because there are so many different genres and so many different scenes and so many different niches and pockets and, you know, groups and, um, you know, the, the, the uh, dance music community is so, um, so diverse these days that it's really hard to 
do this in a, you know, in a way that, that uh, will give you a super accurate sampling of like what's really going on out there and what the pulse really is. So I think they're doing the best job that they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, the same argument that you made about people being too young, you could make it about people being too old or, you know, people being, you know, in touch versus people being out of touch. I mean, like, you know, you could look at it, uh, you know, a hundred ways till Sunday and, and find, you know, ways that, you know, you may want to make it different or that I may want to make it different. But I think Billboard, all in all, is, is doing the best they can to um, to try and keep it current, to try and keep it in touch, and to try and keep, um, you know, this system that's been around for quite a while, that's sort of been there through, you know, quite a few major cultural changes, um, you know, try to keep it relevant. Because, you know, this thing began, you know, so many years ago when, you know, you had the dance floor, you had radio, and you really didn't have anything else, right? So now you've got, you know, you've got the Facebook and the Spotify and the this and the that. There's so many different ways that we consume media now. Um, you know, I have friends that listen to YouTube for music, and I'm like, yes, that seems to be a hot YouTube new thing. Video, isn't it? Like, Charlie. isn't that video? But you know, <laughs> that's their preferred, you know, <laughs> yeah. avenue for music. So I think, you know, all in all, I think they're doing the best job that they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that um, the culture and sort of like uh, technology and all of this stuff is changing so fast, we may end up with a different system, you know, in 10 years. Or well, they've changed years, the Hot you know. 100 multiple times to, oh, know, yeah. to mean, be able like, to you know, attract things differently. So yeah, well, right. long live Billboard is what I want to say. <laughs> long live, were you, why, why did you ask, boy, were you well, I was planning just, I was just uh, curious because there was a time, no, there was a time when, I, I, as a consumer, looked at the Billboard dance chart and considered oh, it mm-hmm. um, basically the low-key gay, lesbian, the LGBT, the queer chart. You know what I mean? Because that right. so much of it came from our culture, yeah. and it was people. It was always super embracing <laughs> of iconic people within the queer culture. People like Kevin Aviance and others who would break through. In only the dance you know, chart, you know where else? You and I don't point. quite yeah. see I think, that as I much think, anymore. Yeah. I think the I panel think, is only twenty five percent like LGBTQ represented right now. Yeah, presumably, I would, I would say that it's probably a little bit more than twenty five percent. I mean, I would say it's probably closer to twenty eight. But I, but I do believe that things things do change. At the same time, I still think that you can look at the panel and you can look at the chart for what you're talking about. Maybe just not quite as much as before because i think in terms of just music in general i think the culture has become so diverse that what we used to think as queer music before is now mainstream and vice versa things have just changed yeah i mean Um, i definitely think that a big contributing factor to that is that you know within the last 10 years house music or something very close to house music has just become radio friendly fair correct right so it's, you know, it's just pop music. So there's a really thin line. That's why I always used to, like, I still scour the charts looking for those underground things. I mean, did people... you want to promote uh, If I Rule oh, the World on, on Billboard? Well, I mean, if, like, my life. Yeah. No, no. My r- real question about it was just about the changing face of it. Because um, my lifelong dream, of course, would always be, like, to land on one of those charts. But the 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 changing things that Dan was telling us about make charting elsewhere equally valuable, right? Dan, would you not say? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I think I, I that know. there there could be other there could be other charts or other places where, I mean, sure. I mean, if you're on a Spotify chart or um, you know an Apple Music chart, I mean, I think that says a lot. 
Um, you know, even SoundCloud is becoming more of a distribution platform and more of a um, of a tracker platform than it used to be. But you know, it's like a lot of times what you'll see. I mean, what I've seen lately, just in the last year or two, is that I hear about things on the person to person level. So from friend to friend or, you know, going on the dance floor and then talking to people in a particular place or the particular city. And I'll start getting a vibe for somebody. For example, Lizzo was somebody that came at me from another direction. So I did not, I was not promoted Lizzo. I was not given a Lizzo record from the, from the, from the, uh, from within the chart community, from within the billboard, you know, promotion community. I was actually presented with Lizzo from a friend. And I got turned on to that from somebody else. And then I started looking for Lizzo on the chart. And I was like, why Why aren't there Lizzo records being promoted? And then all of a sudden, here it is. You know, like mm. Lizzo started getting promoted. And I, I felt like I was ahead of the curve on that one. So, you know, it's like, and I, and I don't feel like I was ahead of the curve on Lizzo per se. I just feel like I was ahead of the curve on the chart because I didn't see it on the chart. And I wasn't seeing Lizzo being promoted until later. And I feel like that's something that was already gaining a lot of momentum in the zeitgeist. So um, it's interesting sort of what what is being reflected and what's really happening sort of amongst the people. I feel like, you know, Lizzo might be a little bit late to be hitting the, the charts now. I feel like that's really been kind of on fire for quite a while, and it's only kind of getting chart representation now. The so, funny part about that Lizzo story is that her own record label – must be acknowledging kind of silently that they dropped the ball on her because they're not promoting the new album. They're promoting the previous album, all the stuff that we're, they're like, Oh, we dropped the ball on her. We should have, these should have been huge hits like two years ago. So here's a number one single in 2019 that was released at the end of 2017. You guys enjoy this one and we're going to get to 2018 next. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how things work, but I mean, you know, undoubtedly she's fire. So, yep, I fire. think uh, Truth yeah. Hurts has been eight weeks or nine weeks and number one on the Hot 100. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Um, so uh, we've got a wrap-up house of pride. I want to ask you before uh, we go, though, uh, are sure. you coming up to the Bay Area anytime soon for a gig? Or I don't have anything in San Francisco lined up anytime soon. I'm going to be in um, Dallas um, in a couple weeks and oh, yeah. then Atlanta for Thanksgiving and Seattle weekend after Thanksgiving, but um, but I hope to be in San Francisco soon. Um, I was there for Dory Alley in July, and it, it was amazing. Oh, that's um, hot. Mm -hmm. my, um, my set for Furball, which is on my uh, podcast at pumpradio.us, um, is really interesting. I hope everybody gets to check it out and everybody enjoys it. That will be an event that I'm doing. Um, Furball is what I'm doing for Thanksgiving in Atlanta, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and, nice. Um, mm -hmm. I do hope to be back in the Bay Area soon. I I love the Bay Area very much. <laughs> and uh, the Bay Area loves you. We love furballs. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and Dallas, are, are you uh, uh, collaborating with um, uh, Mark and Dirty Disco or anything like that? Um, Dallas is going to be at the Eagle. It's an event called Loaded. Yeah. Um, but I'm also talking to the pro producers there of that um, about a new event in the coming year. Um, every other month at a new venue. So stay tuned for that. That looks really interesting. I think the, the Dallas market's really exciting. And um, these, in general, the events that I've been working on lately seem to be a confluence of circuit, um, daddy, bear, and leather, which is um, really exciting. Um, from the Ram parties uh, in New York to the fur balls, 
um, to these other events that I've been doing, it kind of like, you know, it's kind of like squaring a circle amongst all those things. And it's a very exciting time in the dance community for that, um, for that group. Um, it's kind of like if you're, you know, into gear and you're into daddies and you're into circuit, um, there's a lot of really exciting events going on. Poyle's and, lighting uh, up. Daddies and gear are the Lizzo of the queer hey. community. They're on <laughs> exactly. fire right now. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Everybody's late to the party. I'm all about the daddies and the gear and the leather boys. And so. the DJs. And the DJs. Poyle's a DJ groupie. <laughs> I'm going to start stalking you, Dan. <laughs> I yes, thought you already started. I see you on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm already on his SoundCloud. Did I'm already like? on his. On his <laughs> I liked his Facebook. I've already liked his um, his Mixcloud. Ooh, Dan, I'm gonna be like listening to you all night. Thank you so much. It's a it's Thank a pre warning, Dan. <laughs> no. um, yeah, Dan. No, you have it going on, and we love you here. Um, I love you. Uh, come on back as as much as you'd like, uh, as often as you can. Uh, where's the best place folks listening to us now can follow you? Yeah, I would say um, Instagram is probably the hottest place. So it's DJ Dan DeLeon uh, at Instagram. And then um, on SoundCloud, it's just pumpradio.us. Ooh, Pump Radio. I'm on there now. Mm -hmm. And why don't we uh, go out, Dan, with um, a sampling of your Madonna remix, you, you and, of course, Anthony, uh, the Crave remix. Uh, anything else you want to add to that? No, that's it. Thank you guys so much. And um I hope everybody enjoys the set and enjoys the remixes. And um, thank you again for having me on. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Come back real soon. You take care now, Dan. You got it. Thank you. You guys too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, Poyle. That was fun. It was. He's. Uh, I mean, he's worked with some of the uh, Super most, talented. Oh, my God. He's worked with some of the most amazing people, too. So for everybody from Deborah Cox and um christine w just you name it madonna yeah. obviously i think he collaborates with uh queens too because he's worked with nina flowers uh and so just putting it out there hello Poyle. i'm gonna i'm gonna stalk you dan <laughs> <laughs> um wow what a great show oh my god carly you russ yes and dan popping it off with dan de leon i hope that his throat gets better I think it will. Oh, Some honey, honey, and oh, I'll, oh honey. <laughs> well, uh, as we promised. Oh, well, before we do that, though, folks, you got to go into those digital stores and download uh, Poyle's new hot EP, "Rule the World." And you know, I just want to say, if you guys are following me on social media, um, if you download the EP and send me a screen cap showing that you downloaded it to any of my social media platforms. Um, you'll be entered into a contest. We're going to choose a random winner on Friday, this Friday, the 15th. And that person will win a prize package of fun stuff from Pollo Del Mar. That's me. And um, like what? Also, like, um... uh, like T-shirts. Um, there's some uh, individual like limited edition artwork. Oh, um, so, from you? Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll send it to them. I'll send it to them directly. And uh, just download the EP and, and send it to me on Facebook whatever twitter instagram facebook just find me it's easy awesome 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 come back anytime you want thanks Poyle. and let's listen to that remix of of Crave. yeah Crave by madonna uh folks uh, we're gonna go out with that uh we want you back here next wednesday for house of pride radio live from san francisco mini radio station here we go madonna crave the dan de leon and anthony Griegel remix
Claw Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Claw Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Harris, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie.
Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. (laughs) 
subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Hey, you open micer in San Francisco comedy scene. Maybe you want time to do jokes. Well, this is the place to do it. Mutiny Radio. We have three open mic a week just for you. Monday's joke workshop from 6 to 8. Come and get four minutes and four minutes of commentary from your comedian peers. Come on Fridays for happy hour 6 to 8 here at Mutiny Radio. All the comics, wonderful, hilarious people in the scene. Get to know them. Hang out. Do a set. Have it recorded here on a podcast at mutinyradio.fm and come in on Saturdays from 4 to 6. Get long sets because no one ever shows up. So it's like stage time and people can listen. Come on by to Mutiny Radio. Get your comedy on, baby. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kim Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Let's watch a full-length movie with Mike Spiegelman. Here on MutinyRadio.fm, where we stream live every Sunday at 2 p.m. Today is November 10th, 2019, and my name is Mike Spiegelman. November 4. No. <laughs> Let's try this again. Today is Sunday, November 10th, 2019. How do you do that? You just have a time machine. It's great. I love it. Don't call attention. This is pre-recorded. I'm here uh, live in the studio, in the flesh, Carl. Right. And I'm in Georgia at a wedding. <laughs> That's where you're going to be. Well, we want to welcome you to the show. 
how do I explain? How do we explain the premise? Mm, mm. Right. Yes. What is? I mean, you hear "Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube," and you just don't know. What you does think, it mean? man, I should rip that idea off. Well, go ahead. I dare you. <laughs> You're not the first. We stole it first. Yeah, we 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 came up with the idea to steal it first. Uh, but enough bitter grapes. We are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. The idea is that these are movies that we read about, never got to see until they got posted on YouTube. Some of them are so special that it's impossible to watch on your own. They're so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, not to change the subject, what movie are we watching today? Wait, aren't you going to do the L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T blogspot.com and all that? Yes. We want you to subscribe uh, our podcast. So go to your podcast machine, simply type in L W A F L M O Y T. That's the name of our Twitter account. That's the name of our YouTube account. Uh, our Facebook is Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube. And we're on Blogspot. Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. Not been uh, updated. Anyway. What can I tell you about that? So, uh, Carl, what is the movie we're going to watch today? Try, stop delaying okay. it. Let's watch this already. All right. We are going to watch Cars Life 2. C-A-R apostrophe S Life 2. Uh, and I recommend Night Owl. All right. Let's three see. L's. Ooh. Okay. There's Night Owl. Three L's. Cars Life 2. DVD rip. Mm-hmm. So many things wrong with that. Full movie in parentheses, Cars Life 2, apostrophe S, and hosted by Night Owl. Owl. Now, I got to say that I know this movie because it is a staple. If you have premium cable and you have, like, the multiple channels, they tend to fill out the day by airing not a Bug's Life, not Cars 2, (laughs) a Cars Life 2. Right. Oh, my God. That sounds so odious. Oh, boy. So you watched this, huh? Oh, yeah. And you took meticulous notes. <laughs> I took notes, all right. This movie is like the bottom of the pile. Like, I, 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 have, a, I have a movie in my mind, which will be our final movie. But this would be mm-hmm. our penultimate movie in my list of things. You know? Like, we're wrapping it up. We just don't give a shit. Let's watch A Car's Life too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've watched Godfather, we've watched Terminator, we've we've done. Yeah, we've the, watched some good movies, but not tonight. This ain't one of them. Oh, speaking of which, I accidentally hit the wrong button. Uh, as we chit chat, I am getting ready to uh, get our countdown prepared. I should have done this before okay. I walked in. Wouldn't that be better? There's so many different yeah, movie well, choices on well, here. Well, oh, I did it again. I keep hitting futz. Let's watch. A- we don't want to watch futz. <laughs> Futs is one of the movies that's on our YouTube channel. What we have, yeah, we're gonna do the countdown. Normally, we do this in person with Paul Brumbaugh, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, able body mouth breather before us, but he is the not here. King. So uh, I got a demo. So, so let's listen to the Countdown King's Paul's intro, and when he gives you the cue, go ahead. We want you to get Cars Life Two ready. You have it. Buffered paused. up. Buffered up. Zero 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 zero. And when Paul gives you the go-to, go to it.
As soon as we're done buffering. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. All right. Thank you, Paul Brumbaugh. We are launched. Yes. Spark plug. It looks like a pile of poop on top of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> on top of pancakes. Yeah. Where else would poop be? Oh, this looks... Uh, Real this I thought this was an animated movie. This is real life. Wow. Here comes our hero. The not red lot, car. Not a lot of traffic today. Well the interstate isn't coming through, you see. And that's gonna be part of the uh, plot. The interstate's gonna come through. No, we don't. Oh no. These are cars talking, by the way. This is in, like, puppets. They're driving, like, four miles per hour. Yeah, because Dad wants to go the speed limit. Uh, so, let's, uh, you've seen the movie Cars, maybe Cars 2, Cars 3. Mm -hmm. The logic between the, the world is, is baffling, right? Yeah, I'm sure, like, <clears throat> they have these uh, racing lots where the bleachers are can fit parked cars. Right. And one car has a, of course, one famous car has a mattress tied to its top. For who? So. I, I couldn't tell you, but see, if there was no Cars movie, no Cars 2 movie, no Cars 3 movie, this movie would not exist because this guy, his name is Michael Shelp. And he's CEO of Sparkplug Entertainment. And he basically, whatever Pixar's doing or whatever the animated hit is, he makes his own titled version. It's his own movie, right. but with the same title. So can I guess uh, with a couple? With a knockoff title. Can I guess a couple of his movies? Oh, okay. So um, you have Bots. An Ant's Life. What's that based on? A Bug's Life. You have Spider's Web, A Pig's Tale. <laughs> That's right. Charlotte's Web? Is it Charlotte's yeah. Web? Oh my you God. Have, Pig's um, Tale. You, you have Plan B. Plan B. Oh, that's when he knocked up his wife and they weren't really expecting to have kids, so she took this pill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, of course, that's the B movie. There's Piper Penguin and his fantastic flying machines. Wait, wait, back up. Plan B is a ripoff of the B movie? Yeah, B-E-E, <laughs> 2007. Ooh. There's Frankie Stein. Uh-huh. This is Frankie Weenie. There's Operation Dalmatian. Right. Is it that 101 Dalmatians? Toys Going Wild. Oh, yeah, that's where uh, Woody takes his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For the Adventures beads. of Scooter the Penguin. And me, Christmas. I don't know. He's just, uh, he's shameless about it. He's not embarrassed about it at all. Well, I mean, kids got to be entertained. Feels, 
it's Walmart and Kmart. You already mentioned uh, Stars Premium Cable Channel. Yeah, I saw this movie like every hour on the hour, mm-hmm. which is yep. baffling because there's nothing to look at. I know. <laughs> God damn it, Dad. Can't you fucking pull over? <laughs> oh, right. Sparky, the language. Yeah, it's Sparky. That's exactly right. And Sparky is actually played uh, by, by nobody. somebody. By a, no, by a big deal. The rest of them are nobodies. Sparky's a big deal? Yes. Yeah, Sparky was, uh, her name is Corrine. Corrine Orr. Corrine? And she was <laughs> Trixie in Speed Racer in the 60s. Oh, no shit. She's been on over 200 animated movies, a thousand commercials. She's the Snuggie. You know, fabric softener, Snuggy the bear. She's oh, snuggy. yeah. I want to hug that bear so fucking much. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Yeah. You talking about the fabric softener bear? Great. Oh, my yeah. God. I just, the That's way he great. laughs, I just want to squeeze the shit out of that bear. <laughs> Stop it. You're suffocating me, Mike. <laughs> oh, you're my favorite talking bear. Do you Not think- just Trixie, but she was also... Uh, Speed's little brother, Spurtle, oh, and yeah. all the female voices oh. in that show. So she wasn't good enough to be Racer X then, huh? Or other, his other brother. She has a female voice. She was featured as an announcer in the live-action film. She wasn't oh. Trixie. Have you it seen the live-action live action movie? <laughs> That's right. I have seen it. It was fun. That's two hours. Fucking just relentless. It did. You're right about that. I, I say it was fun, and it was in retrospect. But during it, it was like, is this thing gonna end? It's numbing. It's so numbing. It's like bright colors and flashiness, and I just get like, yeah, yeah. That track was like that track was great. The first 15 minutes, right? It was a <laughs> right. big show. But then when you were in it over and over and but over. But they would they would do the same effects as from the cartoon show, and you go, hey guys, this is like an hour and 40 minutes into this movie. Enough. Enough. You should have done that in the first five minutes. Stop. All we're missing right now is grouchiness between the father and son. Um, The father is, you know, the father loves the son, uh, but the son just f***s him and drives him crazy. He wants to drive fast. He wants Route 40 to come through because he can drive fast on on the highway. Right. So basically the father's saying, okay, you want independent Take this side road and meet us at the gas station. And here's a joke turtle. We'll see this turtle. A hundred million times, huh? Will they ever cross the road? <laughs> yes. Oh, that reminds me There's of the gas station. It's that's from cars. 50- that's the cars. That's where cars, cars. That's, that's where they gas up? 50 years. There's 50 um, years this gas pump, this animatronic gas pump has been sticking his shit into cars. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hang on, I'm not done yet. I said I'm not uh, done yet. Pump, pump, pump. Uh, right um, now he's banging the sheriff. <laughs> uh, it's always he's, gulp, gulp. Thank you, bub. <laughs> <laughs> Never a hug See, there's this um, bad car named Diesel, and there's a running gag throughout. They will go to report Diesel. Like, they'll call the police, and it's like, well, I'm not here right now. Leave a message with this stereotypical Irish voice. Oh, and the Irish cop? Then, yeah. And then the answering machine goes, beep, leave your message. And then it's like, thank you for leaving a message. It cuts them off. The running joke. <sighs> Fucking okay. cops. This, uh, this girl 
here is in love with uh, another car, and another car is in love with the girl. So there'll be a subplot throughout in which he wins the girl over. Why is there a fucking landline lying on the asphalt? I know. And when the phone rings, he goes, hello. He doesn't pick up the phone. He just starts talking to it. <laughs> right. So, You'll see. Yes. Well, maybe you won't because we're not really going to listen very much. Oh, okay, so here's the boss. The dad is the boss. And the yellow car is like, yeah, the yellow car is the young daughter. The good, the good child. Right, the good child, because she's still little. Yeah, but Sparky's an asshole. It's, we're, we're giving up right. on Sparky. He's the 15-year-old, 16-year-old. Ah, oh, the worst. When cars turn 15, they're so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Hey, so this is a cartoon, huh? Cartoon. <laughs> it's Wolfman Jack. I'm playing on your cartoons. Playing some cartoons. We just mentioned Wolfman Jack in the last one. I know, I brought it up. Love. Well, yeah. I, if you are listening sequentially, last week we promised that this week's movie would have been a different cartoon called Tarzoon, Shame of the Jungle. Yeah. Did we watch the trailer and we're not we're not even gonna bother any of them. It's just so racist. It's racist. You know, you mm-hmm. can't do you can't do a parody of Tarzan apparently without just going full on racist. Well, it was seventy five, nineteen seventy five, so that was more acceptable. Right. People would still get up in arms, but the majority Oh, you're being sensitive. You you're, know, you're, so. It's parody of the stereotypes, that type of uh, bullshit. Right. It's a parody of the stereotypes. We're making fun of it as much as you. We grew up on Tarzan That's movies. That's not the truth. There is another no. animated uh, Tarzan movie from that, that time period, which I think another like comedy celebrity did the voices for. But mm-hmm. And I couldn't watch it. Like... Some movies like this is intriguing. You got cars and you got telephones and you got pumps. You got everything you need in a movie. But that was just like it just looked like yeah. George of the Jungle. Not real. I like George of the Jungle. Okay, I want you to know that this blue car is the banker. Oh. And the father's apologizing for not paying the mortgage on time. Just things have been tough. Things have been tough. And so we're just mortgage. getting set up for Things are tough, and there's a bank involved. I thought this was a kid's movie. Why are cars talking about mortgages? Well, that's one of the weird things about this Michael Schlepp. Um, He is making kids' films, but he doesn't do the boundaries of nicey-nice stuff. As a matter of fact, in our Act 3, you know, ticking time bomb moment, uh, the the peril is that they're going to die. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I listened to something called Bear Lizard Radio, and they were actually complimenting this Michael Schlepp. They called him an arco-capitalist of filmmakers who has no boundaries. Um, Great. I'll tell him that. He's good at making them bad. He's shameless because you know what he's knocking off. But he makes extremely complex villains, and he does dark, dark children's stories. Characters die. They get mutilated. uh and they're praising that. Well, <laughs> and one thing they praise is that even though it's, it's the title is a knockoff, it is their own story. I guess so. I don't really see much Here's of a story. Here's our turtle, friends. I, oh, it's a living. 
They're right. And here's the um, door. Good, the good car, the good kid. The, oh, yeah, the good kid. Yeah, and she is looking for a ramp. And right now she's like, too small, too big. Oh, yawning. So there happens to be doors lying around in rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, and no, she's going to Goldilocks work. find one that's just right. Oh, there's that turtle. Fucking kids. I guess this is Arizona. Is it? I, it could it's be not a part Nevada, of Arizona, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, this but is, I think it's Arizona. It's like bedrock. Down in bedrock. Bam, bam, bam. This is the Flintstones neighborhood. They just built a gas station. <laughs> no, everything would be made out of rocks. There's no metal in Flintstones world. Is there anything else happening in this town other than this gas station? Uh, we don't see it. There is the bank. There is the police yeah. station. Uh-huh. And, the hospital uh, where they, they resuscitate. <laughs> okay, finally, uh, the teenager who took the sh- long cut, is that the opposite of a shortcut? Yes. Finally is getting home, and he's like, oh, I'm tired. I need a car <laughs> wash. Oh, uh, I need a car job, if you know what I'm saying. A rib job. What? Wink, wink. A rib job for my asshole. I mean, asshole. I'm not very good at this, innuendo. <laughs> oh, a bunch of gear, metalheads, gearheads. I'm a hybrid. <laughs> oh. How do you like El Coche so far? It's great. I met the nicest coop out of Route 9. Okay, so he has fallen in love uh-huh. with the girl who's in love with another guy. It seems like Shaft or something like that. And he's new in town because they're building a ramp to I-40, which the father is not happy about. And the kid loves because it'll be a – so he's saying, you're taking too long of a shower. And he he was a jerk, and he turned on the cold water on his nice kid. Sometimes you got to do that, you know. I guess so. Yeah, listen, when your kid's in the car wash for too long, you got to change the water to cold. Now, they're having a fight now because the kid wants a GPS. And he's like, oh, you kids, with your newfangled devices. And what he's saying is a GPS person knows where they're going, but not where they are. Like, you know, like with GPS, you know, make a left and you make a left. But you're ignorant to where you are. You're not going to remember next time you go. So he's doing old school. And the and the son is doing his smart. Let's. Give it a listen for a second. All right. Well, okay. that'll be easier soon. They're building an access ramp to I-40. Really? Awesome. Now I totally need GPS. You can't always have what you want. Why not? Diesel, what are you doing Okay, here? here's the bad guy. It's a woman named Diesel. She has camouflage army jeep, and she's got guns. Nice. <laughs> well, it's very important to be, uh, to be holding a weapon. As so she's car. causing trouble. She's saying, like, you should rate, get your own. Okay, here the phone rings. That's the running gag. Can never leave a message for the police officer, and the cop never checks his messages. 
So Diesel is here to stir up trouble, and she's saying to Sparky, why, you know, hey, why don't you get a job and get your own money, and you can raise a cheek right to the father's face, and you don't have to listen to this old, uh, this old fossil. Well, let's listen. And buy one yourself. Excellent idea. I'm starting a new business. Oh. Is that Snuggles? Could work for me. No. Mm, no. Uh. Sparky can work here. I can. Sparky is Snuggles. I'll pay you forty bucks a day. Wow. Okay then. But Sparky, remember, we can't stand it anymore. Yes. Give me a call. Boo! Bad car. So she's the temptress. So, what's my job? Well, you rib job. <laughs> no, that's the dad. Oh yeah, he wouldn't say that. Telling me. Right. Whoa, he it's wouldn't. daytime already. And not since the jerk has I seen such funny oil cans at a gas station. Yeah, that was funny. He this, hates those cans. These cans are defective. One of the movies you can see on YouTube, and I talked about it on my brother's podcast called Proudly Resents, Hardly Working with Jerry Lewis, which I think after oh. The Jerk came out, he said, you know what? I'm the fucking king. I can make my own movie. And he has right. his own working at a mechanic uh, oil can bit. And came out the same year. His bit is that he knocks over the cans. Mm-hmm. And the owner looks at him. I really like how Jerry Lewis made that transition from uh, goofy guy to angry old person. You mean on screen? You know or, what I mean? Or backstage? <laughs> well, you know, he was such a jerk. We yeah. all know. Okay, this is a very explosive can of, I don't know why they have it around. It's explosive. Be careful. Oh, right, because it has a big exclamation point. And what's with the circle and, and X? Is that like a PlayStation controller? don't think so. I think it just means danger. Uh-oh. Whoops. Whoops. He flung his... Sparky. You almost hit the explosive, Sparky. See, you see that? There's a uh, X button and a green circle oh, button. Oh, that's the car wash. Oh. Oh, right. Circle for go and X for stop? Yeah, they're big cars. They can't really... I mean, never mind that the... How do okay, they build all this are... shit? Oh, there's the phone of mine. Hello? Gas and go. Help. Excuse me. Help. I got that part. Your name? I'm Bumper. I ran out of gas. Oh, I'm sorry. Where are you? Uh, I think he sounds of, uh, like John Mulaney. Let's see. The two <laughs> pines campsite. Yeah, you ever notice? Starts <laughs> doing his act. Yeah, that's a weird telephone. They don't have to pick it up, and it's loud. Nope. How did, like, right. does the car have a car phone? Yes, there are car phones, yes. So he didn't drive inside a glass phone booth? I... <laughs> so many questions, Carl. Okay, so right now uh, somebody is stuck, and they've run out of gas, and they're at this campsite. So instead of doing the job himself, the father thinks, I'll give my son some responsibility, and you can go rescue him. Yeah, bad so right idea. Right now he's... Giving him the directions to the campsite. Which and Sparky doesn't will. give a shit. Yeah, whatever, Dad. No, Sparky cares very much. He's going to go help somebody. Sparky's and got he's gap listening tooth. to his father. It's a chance to prove himself to his dad. Uh, 
what's the point? His dad's an alcoholic. His dad is not a gasaholic. <laughs> He's a total gas. Do you see the way he drives? Trash. You smell like gas, Dad. I'm dad, you're an embarrasser. I'm an adult car. I can drink what I want. You want to talk about embarrassing? Now what? there's the ad for the GPS, only four hundred dollars, and he's like four hundred dollars. Bummer. This is the second uh, uh, billboard we saw. The other one just had the number two on it. Yeah, and this one just said three ninety nine with no explanation. <sighs> okay, he... so here's the first part of the directions: make okay. a right. Go down a short road uh -huh. and then make another right to the campground. But wait a minute. The Two Pines campground sign says go to the left. Now he's like, oh, if I only had a GPS, who do I listen to, the sign or my father? And guess what he picks? His father. Ding. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh, here we go. The wrong turn signal. Yeah, see, he's, he's that's. Uh, the director's way of showing us that he's conflicted. Oh, it's the evil truck lady. She changed. Right. Yes. Yeah. She changed diesel. She changed the sign. <sighs> diesel was in. Um, her name's Jean Richard. She was in Max Saves the World, 2014. Uh -huh. She was in the Royal Heist, 2017. Well, that was and then a big she was Royal in these Heist. Cars Life things. Yeah, so I guess there's more than two, right? And there must have been a real Cars Life one. I was, right. I just imagine this film was like called a Cars Life two to maximize confusion, and there was no. No, it was when Cars two came out, and when Cars three comes out, there is a Cars Life three. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God for everyone involved. There's no Cars four. <laughs> wait, wait. There's. Oh no, I'm thinking of Toy Story. Yeah. Toy Story, the trilogy that has a fourth movie? Thanks. Right. The fourth, fourth trilogy. 